Good afternoon. Wow, that was impressive. They, they, they had no idea how loud I was going to be when I said that. So, um, oh, thanks. All right. Um, my name is Josh Atwell. I'm a senior technology advocate at Splunk. And I spend a lot of time thinking about and talking about failure, which makes me very popular at parties. Um, it's it's an inevitability in what we do that at times we're going to fail. But I believe, holistically, we have a very poor perception and viewpoint about failure. What failure means, how we respond to failure, and how we can utilize failure as a forcing function for good. Okay, uh, I do do the Twitter thingies, so if you want Josh underscore Atwell, if you tweet a picture of me, my boss knows that I actually did some work this week. All right, let's talk, give a little quick tale of an almost failure. Um, many, many years ago, it, it, that, that time span continues to grow. I used to operate a data center, and I did a lot of automation in that data center. And so I would write scripts that would handle large-scale implementation of changes, which can be very, very exciting, until it's not. In this one situation, we were doing a change window. I was making significant change in the environment. And it was one of those where the ESXi hosts have to disconnect and be reconnected, right? Changing certificates. Now, in and of itself, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I had scripted it, I'd run it in the test environment, everything was fine. Morning comes that we're ready to run it. We're doing it actually over a holiday weekend. Execute, things drop. Things don't seem to be connecting back again. Now we're talking orders of magnitudes of thousands of ESXi hosts being executed on multiple geographies all at once. How do you think I felt when I didn't see my ESXi hosts coming back? I, I was very excited. Uh, I wasn't. Turns out everything was running just fine. I just needed a refresh virtual center server because I had outdated its certificate as well. Okay, I just had to do a refresh, right? Everything else is, a, so it was almost a failure. But let's talk about what happened in that moment. So in our brains, actually I gotta make sure I don't over talk too long. All right, in our brains, when we fail or we have this scenario, the first thing that happens is we say, oh, four letter word of our choice, right? That's our natural response for most people. When we succeed, what happens is we release endorphins into our system. We are chemical beings, right? So endorphins get released into our system. Dopamine, serotonin, we get euphoric, we get happy, right? And as a result, we feel encouraged, right? We feel like, wow, yeah, I really nailed that. It's going to go. I'm going to do that again because it felt great. When we fail, though, we release cortisol. And what happens when cortisol is released into your body, it kind of kicks off that uh, fight or flight reflex, what ends up happening is, is that your higher level functions become less important, right? They get deprioritized. Your brain has its own little QOS and it says, look, we don't have to think about, you know, existential things like, you know, our being and, and our future and our life, except for maybe this is really, really bad. And then our lower level functions kick in, right? And we become very defensive. We also will feel hopeless or demoralized and we feel terrible, right? Like that's what happens. Like you, you that gut feeling, right? Like your stomach just fell out. 
whenever you failed or you've, you've made a mistake like that. So I did, in preparing for this talk, I did some research. I researched IT professionals and I said, tell me about a time that you screwed up, where you broke something in production. Uh, raise your hand if you never broke anything in production. I don't believe you. <laughs> We've all done it at some point, right? So in, there we go. When people make mistakes, and when I interviewed everybody, one thing that was consistent every single time is that when they made a mistake, everybody said the same thing. I feel like I've let someone down. Whether it was a customer, whether it was a, a peer, whether it was you know, um, you know, um, a vendor or someone that you were working with, somebody that was depending on you. Universally, every single person said their first response was they felt like they let someone down. And this isn't an unnatural response, right? We take pride in the work that we do. We've invested in our discipline and our skills, and it's uncomfortable to fail and make mistakes, specifically if you feel like you let someone, else, someone down. My follow-up to this was, how did the people that you felt you let down, how did they respond to your failure, right? How, how did the organization respond? How did your boss respond? How did your peers respond? Without exception, every single person I interview said, let's just get things back up and running, let's figure out what happened, and let's learn from this scenario. Every single time, okay? Now, being in IT, we always have this existential fear that we're gonna break something and get fired, right? We read about it in books, we read about it in stories, right? It happens from time to time. But in all my research, uh, every time I talk to people, these are the response. And when we think about failure, I love this quote from Irma Bombeck. She says, I'm not a failure, I failed at doing something, okay? What she is saying here is that simply failing at a task does not make you a failure, right? Not learning from that, is what's more likely to lead you to being an actual failure. Her approach towards failing, because if you research her career and read about her career, she had some pretty epic fails along her way before becoming a, a renowned columnist, okay? Uh, and she used those as opportunities to improve what she did and to get better. And as a result, she found success. When we look at what we do for IT, right, in our virtualized environments and our systems, we can actually set ourselves up to be better prepared for those moments where we might fail, or more importantly, when those systems fail, okay? And you wanna ask yourself some questions about that because um, in order to have a system that is prepared and equipped to check for failure, you have to implement work in processes, in people, and in technology. You know, you'll hear about uh, someone executing a command, it causes a major outage. Remember the S3 brownout that happened a while back, right? The net result of that was somebody executed a command. They executed a, a maintenance command that they had done dozens of times before. But this particular instance, the person executed it and it shut down systems more broadly than was intended or expected. Now, the question is, is who was at fault for that failure? Was it the person that executed the script? 
Was it the script? Was it the process? Was it the technology that was being in? Or was it the fact that the technology was even allowed to shut down that many systems all at one time? When you look at the post-mortem on that, they said specifically, it's not the person, it's not the process. It was the system's inability to know that it should not shut down that many instances at one time. And as part of their remediation, they said, we won't let that happen again. They learned from that failure, right? But it was a reconciliation of, we have to look at the people, the processes, and the technology. Because failure does not happen simply because of one thing. It's a cascading effect. In order to determine how failure has occurred and how you should respond to failure, you need to ask yourself whether or not you have sufficient information to answer that question. In that scenario, it's very easy to say, Bob broke it, he executed the script, and then it was down, it's Bob's fault. Is there any Bobs here? I hope not. Okay, so in order to successfully identify that, scenario, identify what happened, and learn from that failure, you have to have information. That means you need to collect data, you have to have visibility, this is where you get your dashboards. There's no such thing as a single pane of glass, it's all the fantasy that they try to suck you in with, right? Um, but you need to be able to identify the information for what happened so that you can learn from that scenario. Now, we also have to keep in mind you know, that in the environments that we work with, we are not dealing with what Gene Kranz is talking about here. If you're not familiar with, with this scenario, Apollo 13, right? They had an issue. Uh, they're hundreds of thousands of miles away from Earth. They're having an issue. They're, uh, they had an explosion. Their concern, the failure had already occurred. They had already had a failure. It had already occurred. What he was talking about is how they were going to respond to that. They could not afford to have a second failure, right? In the environments that we deal with on a regular basis, our failures don't have the same implications as what you might see for trying to bring back astronauts safely back from a, uh, from a mission, right? Most of the work we do have revenue impacts, right? So it's very important to make sure that when you look at your failure and the times that you have failed, put that in the context as to what that failure actually means. Because remember, our natural response is, oh, you know, this is terrible, this is gonna ruin everything. Nope, just be prepared, like things are gonna break and how you respond and what's really at stake. Best way of doing this is to focus on the variables that you can control, right? Now, with Apollo 13, there was a lot of things that they could not control. One thing they could control were the items that they had in the capsule, right? In the spaceship that they were traveling in. And they worked to devise a solution from that. When you look at how you are going to adjust to failure and the times that you fail and learn from those situations, focus on these variables that you control. First off, improve your skills. You're here. That's what you're working on now, right? Improving your skills, getting better at your trade, getting better at your craft, getting better at the work that you do, learning valuable lessons and applying them, increasing your knowledge, particularly today as the systems that we support are infinitely more complex than they were five years ago or 10 years ago, right? Our ability to increase our knowledge and awareness of those systems is very important. Uh, I also highlight more planning. Now this is not to say that you should plan your projects to death, but this is a, a scenario that you can control. By applying sufficient planning, you can minimize your opportunities for failure, okay? 
because you are more likely to catch things that you would might have missed had you not planned plan, uh, plan more successfully. When I talk about improving relationships, right, that's actually improving the relationship with the people that you work with. Because remember, that number one response was, I feel like I let someone down. The response to that response is, let's just get things back to normal and learn from it. Right? Uh, I highly recommend that in your environments, you do not try to hide the times that you make a mistake. Right? You take those as opportunities to share with others so that they can maybe not make the same mistake. Improve your processes, improve the people, and apply the technology. All of these things are going to give you better preparation for those inevitable moments when something's going to fail or you're going to fail at something that you're doing. If you want a great example of this being applied that you can, you can read along and be able to share maybe with your coworkers or your boss and you know, to try to build this better culture around failure, um, Beyond Blame by Dave Zweibeck, uh, he gets into this uh, same kind of scenario where a IT networking professional executes a command, common thing, does it all the time, knocks out network traffic for, for this financial institute, and they fire him for it. But once the people start digging into what's happening, they start asking the question, was it the person or the system that was to blame? Right? Was it the system or the process that was put in place that was to blame? Right? And how can we now instead set up ourselves for success? Uh, because in this scenario, spoiler alert, it was a little bit of everything. Right? It wasn't one thing. That command that he executed wasn't something that was nefarious or bad. It was doing the job that he had done and he had planned for in the past. There was a variable that was outside of anyone's control. Right? Uh, a very wise sage once told us that failure, more than anything, is the greatest teacher. Um, Yoda was a very, very wise Jedi master. Um, but what, what he was really instilling on Luke Skywalker is that your, your desire, your attempt to achieve a certain level or a certain standard, you know, it can cloud your judgment on how you actually respond to failure. Okay? I've failed a lot in my life. I'm not going to list out all of those scenarios because I don't have that much time left. Um, but the, the main thing that I took away was is that any time that I was unsuccessful at something, I wanted to learn, like, what, what can I do to be better prepared to avoid that in the future? Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm, I'm scared to go out and, and try something new or extend myself beyond what I've done, but that's how you grow. Uh, Will Smith has this great video online where he talks about this exact topic in, in this framework about learning and growing. And he uses a great analogy of why failure is so important for growth. And he says that if you are exercising and lifting weights, that pain that you feel and that soreness that you get, as your muscles breaking down, they're failing, they're deteriorating, right? And it's after that that they grow back, they heal, and they heal and they become stronger, right? They get better and stronger as a result of that failure. If you don't bring yourself to failure, you do not grow as strong. You do not learn and grow as strong. A good friend of mine, Leah Shobe, she, she also articulates this well. You know, failure is a golden nugget to be cherished and learned from. And if you don't learn from it, it's a wasted chance to grow. This is the type of perspective I think we should all have when it comes to talking about failure. 
right? We should welcome it. Not that we're looking for it, right? But we should welcome it for what it is. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow. In our industry, we have this strong tendency to try to sweep our mistakes and our failures under the rug, hide them and mask them, right? It's just the way we operate. But I think by looking at these as opportunities for us to grow and to help other people grow, like it's a much healthier perspective. It's also important to know that how you respond to failure and mistakes is very contagious. Right? If you are the type of person that's going to beat yourself up or you're going to hide what you do or you're going to have a negative response or a negative view towards your failures, other people are going to see that. And they may judge you based on that, but more often than not, it becomes a culture. It's one of the reasons why I think IT culture in general has this so rampant throughout it and why I want to have a talk about it. Right? It's much better to lead by example. Right? If you're Bob and you screwed something up, sorry Bob, but if you did that right, and you work hard to deflect that from yourself and your opportunity to grow, that's not good. But if you use that and say, hey, I messed up, this is what happened, this is how I resolved it. Here's what I think we can do from a system, people, and process, and, you know, people, process, and technology perspective so that somebody else doesn't repeat this. That's contagious. Other people will do that. Another way to handle this is create safe-to-fail environments. Okay? Now, this is not to say that you should have a, a test area right, or a development area. Obviously, test everything in production. Do not test anything in production, generally speaking. Um, but what I'm saying here is make sure that when you are trying to push the envelope, when you're trying to do new things, when you're trying to build new skills, new processes, implement new technology, understand that things are going to fail and work to make sure that any individual failure is not catastrophic, right? Make it safe and comfortable to make a mistake, right? Make that part of your planning process and your implementation process. I'm also a huge advocate of blameless postmortems. In doing that, you say, nobody is at fault for this outage. There, there, there is no blame. It is a system where a variety of things happen. So for instance, with that outage with AWS, I believe I may have mentioned, he executed a command he had done numerous times. Right? It was just part of regular operating procedure. Right? The process was okay. The system wasn't quite okay because it allowed a uh, unexpected and a bad behavior out of, out of the technology that was being used. In a blameless postmortem, you focus on looking at all the causation for the outage, right? You know, so, oh, we had a power issue. Was the power issue because you know, isolated or did we fail to do some operational debt, to handle some operational debt, right? Do we have some technical debt that we need to deal with? Like, what was that cascading effect that got you there? Uh, Thomas Edison, one of the greatest failures in history. Now, some can argue about the efficacy of some of his inventions and how he got where he is. I'm not going down that path. What I do want to talk about is how he recognized that his failures were just him being one step closer to his goals. Okay? And I love this perspective that most of us when we feel like we're giving up and we just fail too often and we're just not getting it, more often than we're not, more often than not, we are so close to like just cresting that wave and being successful, right? Now, this is not to say that you should, um, you know, run yourself ragged 
You know, at some point you have to reconcile whether or not you're going to make that impact. But um, whatever your first instinct is to give up and just consider yourself a failure on something, give yourself a little bit more time, right? He went over a thousand different ways to not make a light bulb, right? Or was it 10,000? I think it was actually 10,000. Huge number of ways of not doing it, but he found the one way that did work. All right, we're gonna take it home. The other thing I love about failure is the 404 responses you get for a lot of websites. People have gotten really, really good. That is putting a positive spin on failure. So when you, when, when you fail, work to have a positive spin on the, on the failures that you have, right? It doesn't have to make light of the fact that you've made a mistake or, or you failed in some way, um, but to recognize it for what it is. It's just part of the human condition. So make failing a positive forcing function. Leverage failure as an opportunity to grow and learn and to improve yourself and strengthen yourself. You know, create those safe to fail environments that's both within your systems and, and, and all the work, all the work and the interactions that you have, right? Have failure as part of the contingency plan. You know it's going to happen. Let's minimize the risk of any failure that we have. Let's reduce that impact. Um, huge part is helping others on how to handle failure. If you can be a positive influence on others and have a positive response to when people mess things up. I know the, the greatest mentors I had when I worked in IT operations were the people when something broke, they came over and they simply said, okay, well, let's figure this out, right? You know those people. They come and sit down with you and like, all right, let's solve this, let's figure this out. Be that type of person. And then most importantly, don't quit. Don't give up. Just because you failed, just because you know, had a downturn. I mean, we saw Lindsay, Lon and, Lindsay, Lindsay Vaughn and Steve Young today during the keynote. Their success was a re result of numerous failures, but they never gave up, right? They, they, they just persevered and they learned from those failures and they got stronger and they got better, right? You can do the same thing. So with that, I hope when you leave here today and you make a mistake, you don't beat yourself up too bad, you find people around you who can help reinforce this positive view on failure because you can absolutely be a failure and still succeed. Thank you very much.